With a look at markets this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a volatile week on a shortened holiday week with the trade off Monday for Christmas holiday. Grain markets close at the normal time on Friday and will not reopen again until Tuesday at 8.30 for the New Year's holiday. Well, the corn market continued to sag following the wheat market. Bennett Consulting owner Matt Bennett says there was really not a lot of action in that corn market this week. Corn's just been dead in a doornail. Now, the, the trend the last two days for corn is that it's built steam throughout the day. Uh, you know, you're hearing, a, I think, whispers of a little bit better demand as far as on the export front. Uh, but all in all, I just think it's low-volume trade. You know, and um, you're, you're seeing moves that I don't think everyone kind of, uh, I guess, predicted. Total farm marketing market analyst John Heinberg says thin holiday trade also was a factor. Yeah, very much so. Very choppy, kind of two-sided, and we're moving back and forth fairly quickly, just again lacking those players. Teams are, you know, out there squaring up books before the end of the year. I'm really kind of curious how things will just settle in here, and then let's see what we get on the first trading day of 2023. Along with uh, Argentina's weather, global commodity analytics and consulting president Mike Zuzalo said China demand concerns also driving these commodity markets. The market's having a really tough time figuring out how China is going to come out of the zero COVID policy. I think the big thing the market's probably looking at right now in today's trade is the cotton market, the natural gas market, the wheat market, um, the, the energy markets all feeling weaker in, in terms of the demand side of the Chinese uh, commodity demand as we get into January. And I, I think this has to be put into kind of a constructed mindset of this is after a pretty nice rally in many commodities, maybe excluding the cotton market. Northern Crops Marketing and Investments President Brad Paulson says even with some rains, it's still dry in Argentina, but it's early in their growing season and crop damage right now is hard to estimate. I just wrapped up uh, soybean planting and I guess they can plant that late corn up to the second week of January, I read yesterday. But So they'll probably get it in, and I don't think they've lost a lot of crop yet if they do start getting rain here in the new year. We saw a firmer livestock market and hog market off of last week's cattle on feed and hogs and pigs report. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says traders digested that report and moved things higher. Finding some big support into the hog markets. Cattle markets kind of subdued right now, very quiet trade. Not surprising that you're seeing feeder cattle kind of struggle with corn being higher. The big question is do you see corn stay higher throughout the rest of the day? And I think that's probably how you're going to see the meat trade finish off the week. Ever Ag market analyst Matt Trainel said the livestock markets by Friday were starting to give back some of that premium and again a very thinly traded holiday market. Same thing. I mean we're we're we've seen a nice nice rally uh before year end. Oftentimes you will see some profit taking. So I would imagine that some of the softness is, is anybody that was uh long the market that wanted to have a flat position before the end of the year. Uh but at the end of the day I think most believe in for the for the foreseeable future, the cattle market is somewhat tight uh, from a supply standpoint. And so um, I think you're going to continue to probably find uh, some su support in both the fats and the feeder market. And over the course of time, a market that, uh, that does march higher. 
USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending December 22nd in line with trade guesses. Corn exports totaled 951,000 metric tons, soybean sales at 706,000 metric tons, and wheat net sales of 511,000 metric tons. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Minnesota farm business management can be described as just-in-time education. Each farmer has a different priority or a different stake in their relationship to their lender and their farm operation. And so we try to tailor the education that they get and the information that we're able to to work them through depending on where they are in their farm careers. Farm business management instructors come right to your farm. Online options available too. Visit agcentric.org. This is Sierra Doctor from the Red River Farm Network wishing you and your family peace, health, and prosperity in the new year. The Christmas season is a special time and an opportunity to thank you for being part of the Red River Farm Network audience. We're delivering farm news, market analysis, and weather information to help you in your farming operation. We're proud to be reporting agriculture's business. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from the Red River Farm Network. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The EPA and Army Corps of Engineers has released its final definition for the waters of the United States. This rule restores the language that was in place prior to 2015 for navigable waters under the Clean Water Act. EPA Administrator Michael Regan says this will provide greater certainty for farmers, ranchers, and landowners. North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer was quick to respond to the WOTUS announcement from the Biden administration. In a statement, Kramer says the regulatory ping-pong of WOTUS regulations are seemingly never-ending. The Supreme Court is reviewing this issue and Kramer said establishing a new WOTUS definition ahead of their ruling adds to the confusion. And disappointment from many aid groups following the EPA decision, including National Cattlemen's Beef Association, National Association of Wheat Growers, and American Farm Bureau Federation, among others. North Dakota Grain Growers Association Executive Director Dan Wogsland says the ruling is not unexpected. It's very disappointing what they have come out with the new WOTUS rule. It's not unexpected. Uh, but it's very, very disappointing. But what's really disappointing is is this is another classic case of federal regulatory overreach and it negatively impacting North Dakota's number one industry, and that's agriculture. Once again, we've got the uh, federal agencies that feel that they can regulate state waters when, in fact, the state of North Dakota does a, an excellent job of taking care of its state waters and making those waters clean for the entire nation. And Wogson says WOTUS is turning into a merry-go-round of overregulation. The next thing is, is and, and I'm very confident, uh, that the state of North Dakota is going to sue once again, just as we did before. Uh, we're going to prevail in court, just as we did before. And so the only losers in this, really, are the taxpayers of this country. And, and quite honestly, the uncertainty that landowners and farmers and ranchers will have during this time of, of court, uh, you, you know, what we're doing is, is, is we're spinning our wheels. We're not going anywhere. We're not getting anything done. And that's, and that's because of these agencies' insatiable appetite to overregulate. President Joe Biden has signed the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. The bill includes $3.7 billion for crop and livestock losses that happened this past year. 
There's $2.2 billion for international food assistance and to promote U.S. agricultural products overseas. USDA is being directed to support voluntary carbon market programs. The year-end spending bill also allows crop protection companies to pay registration fees to help pesticides move through the registration process faster. Looking back on the past two years of the Biden administration, South Dakota Senator John Thune is disappointed in the absence of a trade agenda. They haven't requested trade promotion authority, which is what enables them to negotiate free trade agreements. We have huge opportunities in Asia, and you know we're worried about China for a lot of reasons, including national security. And if you want to, if you want to figure out a way to isolate China, start doing business with all those people in that region. And right now, they're being drawn into China's orbit because the U.S. isn't present. And Russian President Vladimir Putin is banning the sale of Russian oil to countries that imposed a price cap. The European Union and United Kingdom stopped importing Russian crude earlier this month, and the group of seven nations have capped Russian oil prices at $60 per barrel. Russia is describing the action taken by the United States and other Western countries as unfriendly. This retaliation is scheduled to start February 1st and continue until at least July 1st. And that's a quick look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota Corn Growers Association, your voice in Bismarck and Washington, D.C. As a member, the North Dakota Corn Growers Association represents your views to shape policy. Rural transportation, including roads and bridges, improving local markets for our products, and water management. Just a few of the legislative priorities where North Dakota Corn is working on your behalf. Working for a healthy, profitable business climate for northern grown corn. Visit ndcorn.org. Early mornings, late nights, rain, snow, sunshine. You've clocked in a 40-hour work week, and it's only Tuesday. No one works harder than the American farmer and rancher. The Red River Farm Network is proud to deliver farm news, markets, and weather to the innovators and decision makers. 90 minutes of farm programs each weekday, four farm broadcasters, and one ag meteorologist. On air, online, and on the go, the Red River Farm Network is reporting agriculture's business. A look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. We're heading into the new year on a warmer note than expected. National Weather Service Aberdeen meteorologist Scott Doring says the weekend is overall dry and temperatures will hover slightly below or at freezing. It looks like on uh, New Year's Eve here Saturday, temperatures really nice, kind of in the 20s for the most part. Western South Dakota can see warmer temperatures. Uh, perhaps in the upper 30s, uh, and also parts of Minnesota could also reach uh, lower 30s for uh, on Saturday. But it's still dry conditions overall. Uh, on uh, New Year's Day, we do have slightly cooler temperatures, generally lower 20s across much of North Dakota into the northern part of Minnesota. But here across South Dakota, mid-20s, perhaps the uh, low to mid-30s across southern South Dakota. The storm system that's forming for early next week is tracking farther south than previously expected. There is a storm system trying to move away, move into the area perhaps Sunday night into Monday time frame. Um, lots of uh, unknowns on the exact track of the storm system, but something to keep an eye on as we go into early part of next week. There has been a general shift southward overall in the model data that has come in. Uh, so it's like maybe the uh, brunt of the storm may more impact uh, South Dakota, parts of Nebraska, and perhaps southern half of Minnesota. North Dakota may miss out on the storm system. 
The hard red winter wheat region in the central plains will remain dry for at least the next two weeks. The wheat was already hurt by last week's sub-zero weather. World Weather Incorporated reported mix of rain and snow in portions of Kansas, Nebraska, and Colorado late this week. The rest of the winter wheat region will likely miss this moisture and the outlook remains dry through the second week of January. National Weather Service Grand Forks meteorologist Alexandra Kent says the drought monitor has been expanding in Minnesota and North Dakota. So compared to three months ago, it looks like we actually have more areas in drought in North Dakota than we did in September. And we actually have more areas in D1 and D2 than we did three months ago. Now, if we look in Minnesota, it looks to be the same trends, so we have more areas in abnormally dry conditions and more areas in D1 and D2 drought. But we don't have any areas in either state in D3 or in D4. Kent says the outlook for this winter could bring much-needed moisture to help relieve drought conditions this spring. You know, i got right now South America producing about 3.5 million tons of more corn than last year. That's only 2%. And in another month or so, we may not have any increase in South America corn production, especially if it stays dry in Argentina. So Brazil, it would be much harder for them to make up for the corn losses in Argentina because most of the Brazil's corn is, is Safarina production, the second crop. And we won't know that production for another three or four months. So the corn issue may be uh, more important than soybeans right now in, our, in South America. Favorable crop weather is expected for Brazil over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says Brazil should see a good mix of rain and sunshine. Argentina, however, is at an important crossroad in weather. The planting window for soybeans in Argentina closes mid-January. Soybean and Corn Advisor President Michael Cordonier expects Argentina's farmers to switch to other crops. If it doesn't start raining to mid-January, you're not going to do soybeans, that's for sure. You may do grain sorghum. Or, or, I don't know, maybe sunflowers. There's just not many options. Um, now, you can plant corn later. You can stretch corn planting to maybe the end of January. That's your look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. In a world hungry for protein, North Dakota growers are changing lives with food and products made from soy. Ranked near the top of producers nationwide, North Dakota soybean growers contribute millions to the state's economy. During the Legislative Assembly, we promote public policy that will benefit soybean producers for generations to come. Join the North Dakota Soybean Growers Association, building sustainable prosperity for members and the entire soybean industry. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more.